Alrighty, because I didn't want to make, I don't want to mess up, mess up this time. Alrighty, so we're going to be opening up this beautiful Sabbath day with Steve Andrews giving the split sermon, Solomon's Perspective. I had uh, Reg uh, scheduled for today, and uh, Sherry called me about 10. 10.30 and said he's got probably the same thing you've had for about a week <laughs> now he's been I guess he's maybe sicker than I was but uh, I've had um, I don't know what it's been it's been pretty miserable some kind of cold and, and uh, just chills I don't think I've had the flu but it's just been hanging on for more than a week and a half and I still have a little bit of congestion I've been getting better every day but it just seems like it's uh, just hangs in there. We, um, when I was called and thinking about what I would uh, like to, to bring uh, last minute, uh, there's a few areas that all of us ministers have favorites of and we, and we probably could wax eloquent on it uh, at any time. But uh, I got to thinking about uh, one individual Everybody's very familiar with him. Uh, name is up there on the wall. And after his dad died, he became the king of a very great kingdom, the kingdom of Israel. And so he inherited all the wealth, and all the wives, and, and, and a lot of things that he gained from becoming king of, king of Israel. And so what do you do after you become king and you've got all of this wisdom and God's given it to you and you're, you've got all this wealth and you're very popular. And the queen of Sheba comes and sees him and all the different things that he is able to do and the wisdom spreads all over the world. Well, what do you do after you have gained all of that? Well, what do most popular people do after they've been, you know? Well, they write, they write a book. They tell about themselves. And so that's what Solomon did. It's a pretty short book, but it's a pretty powerful one. And Solomon's perspective in, this, in the Bible is called the book of Ecclesiastes. It's a very interesting book. And in, in a sense, all of us have read it, but all of us have probably different perspectives. And one of the perspectives that I have on the book is that it is more for us older adults who are facing the, the latter part of our life. Whereas Proverbs, with all of the God, that Solomon wrote in there, those, the Proverbs have the perspective for young people and things. But also, I think Ecclesiastes can be understood by the younger and, uh, generation also. But truly, the, the book of Ecclesiastes is better understood after you've experienced life a bit, isn't it? After you've had time to experience life. You know, one of the things that's interesting about it, and he starts out, he says, I am the preacher, the words of the preacher of the son of David, the king of Jerusalem. And he uses an interesting word, and, and if it's, it's always bothered me because why do we want to call life vanity? Of course, as he gets deeper in, into the book, we find out why 
life is vanity. And, and that word also can be futility. <laughs> vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity, vanities, all is vanity. All is futility. But we have a good life. We've enjoyed things. Especially those of us that live in America with all of the bells and whistles and things that we, we can enjoy and be a part of. Why, why does this book, book apply to us? Why do his writings apply to us? I think we understand the reason why. is because we're only going to live a short period of time. And he addresses that in the book. And he lets us know about that. Our life is, is finite. Um, I did, we did a funeral here for a lady that was 80 years old. Been married six, almost 63 years. And I always turn to, to Ecclesiastes, the 7th chapter, I think. Most of us who, who do funerals do that. Because I think it's important for those that, that come to that point in the in, in uh, and they're still living and they're not in the casket sitting in front of the, the preacher that they understand and it says it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting this is uh, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 2 for that in the end of all men and the living will it is the end of all men and the living will lay it to heart and, and so we understand that. And especially the older we get, the longer we live, the more we realize that. And especially the more experiences that we have in life. So that we gain more experiences that Solomon is going to talk about. I'm only probably going to cover the first couple of chapters in the time that I have. And I hope uh, maybe not even that much. We'll just see how far we get with the book of Ecclesiastes here today. Is this a really... Fascinating book, but it's also a very troubling book. It's one that makes you reflect and look into your own self. And I'm, and I'm glad that, that we have Christ as our own personal Savior, because if all we had was the book of Ecclesiastes, we would have to turn to the end of it, and this is what he says. And it's a good thing, and it's a wonderful thing. And I like to turn here because I don't want to go into the book of Ecclesiastes without coming to the end. Some people like to do that. How many of you here like to read the end of the book before the beginning of the book? <laughs> oh, Art does. He likes to go to the end of the book, find out what's going on at the end. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be. Uh, I want it to, to, you know, to be a surprise. So I always start at the beginning, and go to the end. But in the book of Ecclesiastes, I think it's important to, to to go to the end because Solomon does have some wisdom about his book, his perspective, and the wisdom is. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So we're, we're going to the end of the book, and we're going to hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty or the whole of man. And here's another point that he makes, and I think this is a good point. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And isn't that interesting that he gives us an idea that there will be a judgment day? <laughs> At the end of his book, he writes, okay, here I've told you all this. Now there's going to be a judgment day. All right. So let's go back and let's go back to the, to the beginning because 
there, there's a great deal of interesting wisdom that, that, that he brings out. What profit has man of all his labor which he has taken under the sun? And then one of the commentaries at the bottom of my Bible is the theme of the book of Ecclesiastes is that under the sun, i.e., without God in the picture, all is vanity. So we're all under the sun, but without God, all essentially is vanity. One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. And we have a history, don't we? Uh, the Bible talks about a beginning when there was an Adam and Eve. We don't know how many years that was. 6,000 years ago? I mean, 6,500? <laughs> I don't know. 5,000? What? However long ago, we have a history. Adam and Eve were in the garden. And we're, we're here. And down through the ages, men have come. Men have died. Men have been put in the grave. And, and the Bible is really... They went and slept with their fathers. Pretty open-ended. They went and they slept with their fathers. So that's what... So, <clears throat> the sun also rises, verse 5. And the sun goes down and hastes to its place where it rose. The wind goes towards the south and turns about into the north and it whirls about continuously. And the wind returns again according to its circuits. And all the rivers run into the sea and the sea is not full into the place from... Once the rivers come there, they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What wisdom. Now, as long as we live from the time we're a little baby to the time we get old and die, we want to experience things. You know, unless we really get very sick, we have some health, we want to do things. Now, there was one here at the funeral who is, uh, has a bucket list. And what do they want to do? They want to travel. They want to see things. They want to get out and they want to see the United States. They want to enjoy the, the vari variation in the United States. And so consequently, that's one of the things that the man is. He, the eye is not satisfied with seeing nor the ear filled with hearing. Do you have favorite music that you like? Everybody have things that you like? Uh, who's classical? <laughs> I am. I like classics. Uh, I also like 60s, 50s, 40s. <laughs> I don't know about the 30s. I have a, a 40s, 50s music. But I can put the same music back on and listen to those same tunes and just enjoy them just as much as I did. How about when we come and we sing? How many of us are saying the songs that we just sung today? Over and over and over. But we are replenished because of that. We hear those songs and we're replenished. So even in that, we're not filled. We can continue to enjoy and as long as we can see, as long as we can hear, as long as we can enjoy life, those things are, are part of our life. I mean, I think that's what he's trying to, to get to us. The thing that has been, it is that which shall be, verse 9. And that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new. It has been already of old, which was before us. There is no remembrance of the former things, 
neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. Now, sometimes it's kind of hard to understand that in our modern age. Well, we got all kinds of new stuff. Look at the cell phones we have. Look at all the things that we have, television, uh, you know, various things that we can do. But in reality, we still uh, have the same things, don't we? We're still physical human beings. We still go to bed at night to get rest. We still get up in the morning. We still do the same physical things that we always have to do as human beings. Um, there's still labor that needs to be done. Yeah, there's, there's some peripheral new things, but in reality, all things kind of are the same, aren't they? And we still seem to have some of the same problems that have come into people's situations in the past. It's not like we're new to trouble and trials and tribulations and, and tr different things. So, in a way, that's the reason why there's nothing new about certain things. So Solomon, who has all of the money and all of the wealth and all of the wives and all of the things he can, so what does he do? I'm just going to go out and do everything I can do. I'm going to experience it all. I love to experience it all. So everything is going to hang out. I'm just going to do it all. So I, the preacher, was a king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under the heaven. This sword or veil that, that has God given to the sons of man to exercise therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight. That which is waning cannot be numbered. And I commune with my own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to a great estate, and I've got more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know what madness and folly, and I perceived that this all is a vexation of spirit. Well, he came, I don't know that he came to this conclusion real fast. Because we're going to find out in chapter 2 that he, he does it all. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increases knowledge increases sorrow. That's the reason why I said, sometimes I believe that the book of Ecclesiastes is definitely for us that have experienced life. Have been down the road a bit. Have had an opportunity to see what happens in life itself. Politics, uh, uh, wars, all the different things that happen. We, we experience that. We come to understand those things because we've lived through them. And so in chapter 2, now, he's going, to, he's going to lay bare all the things that he's done. Uh, he's not going to... In a way, you can see the sins. <laughs> because of the way he writes. Uh, he's not as bold as some of our uh, modern Hollywood ones that write it all. I mean, they want you to know all of the bad, you know, everything. But Solomon is, still gives us a good idea of what it was like to be able to do anything he wanted to do. He said, I said in my heart, go to, I will pro prove you with mirth and therefore enjoy pleasure. And behold, this is also vanity. You can just enjoy just so much, can't you? I mean, that's the reason why the, the Feast of Tabernacles was only eight days. God knew that. We enjoy it. 
We, we look forward to it. We want to be at the feast. But by the time that we get to that seventh and day, we realize, yeah, there's just, you know, we need to go back to the things that we're, we're familiar with. I said of laughter, it's mad and of mirth. What does it? I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom and to lay hold of folly, till I might see what that was good for the sons of men, which they should do unto the heaven all the days of their life. Um, I was going to make a comment about that because I remember as a youth, I always wanted to get to the age where I could go buy alcohol. <laughs> How many of you in that same position out here? I want to be 21 so I can go buy a drink. Well, I got to be 21. I, I don't like it. <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, a little occasionally, or a little, a little wine or a beer, or but I really don't like it. I mean, I'm not really... Now, some people, it's an addiction for them. And I understand that. And they, they have, you know, they will struggle with it. But for me, I, did, I don't have that problem. I, I just, I can't drink that much. I just can't get that way anymore. And, and so, but he was able, through wisdom, because some people drink until they don't have any wisdom at all. I mean, they'll start getting, looking behind a wheel. Then they'll drive. And they're totally drunk. You know, running down the road. If they would read this, they would understand. I don't do that. You shouldn't do that. So, I made me great works. I built me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens or orchards. I planted trees in them and all the good fruits. I made me pools of water. And I don't think I, uh, Solomon probably lifted that much to do these. <laughs> Remember, he's rich. Remember, he's got lots of slaves. <laughs> So, yeah, he did it, but somebody else did all the work. And, but he probably was out there supervising. And I just see Solomon in all his regalia. Mm, yeah, well, okay, make sure this pool's deep enough now. <laughs> so we can get, make sure it's right. <clears throat> so he made gardens, he made fruit trees, he did all this in pools of water. I got me servants and maidens, and I had servants born in my house. And I also, great possessions. And great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gather me also silver and gold, the peculiar treasure of kings and, and province. I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons and the musical instruments and that with all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained in me. So he did all of this work. He did all of these things. And he still stayed lucid. <laughs> In other words, he didn't, he, he drank, but he didn't get addicted. He wasn't out there doing drugs, like some of them. And uh, so he, 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 made, he, he stayed with wisdom. And whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. I with not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced with all my labor, and this is my portion of all my labor. Uh, of course, he had quite a few wives, so that probably took care of a lot of his time also. Then I looked at all the works of my hands and wrought on the, the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, and this is interesting, this wise man, he, he built all this beautiful stuff. And they said this, that Solomon's gardens were, were, were one of the wonders of the world at the time. Most beautiful wonders of the world. 
And what does he say at the end of it? After he's put all of this together. This is what's so interesting about the book of Ecclesiastes. <laughs> so he comes to the end of it. And he says, Behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. There was no profit under the sun. Man, I've done all this work. and so beautiful and so wonderful. Man, it's still futile. And I turn myself to behold wisdom and madness and, and folly. For what can a man do that comes after the king, even that which has been already done? Then I saw that wisdom excels folly as far as light excels. You know, you can be, there's some pretty stupid things on the TV today. Pretty weird, stupid stuff. Uh, what is it? Uh, where they go out and they do dumb things? I can't remember what the name of that is. Uh, that must be what he's talking about with this folly thing. <laughs> where they uh, go do things that they can get hurt doing. They don't have much wisdom doing it, do they? I don't know what it's called, but I, and I don't watch it. I just know a little bit about it. Oh, and I do know that it's uh, probably not uh, um, to be spoken here either. So, Anyway, he said, the wise man's uh, uh, eyes are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. And I myself perceive also that one event happens to them all. Then I said in my heart, as it happens to the fool, so it happens to me, even to me. And why was I then more wise than the fool? said in my heart, this is also vanity. What he's talking about is, is he going, he's done all this work. He's done all this stuff. He's put all this together. He's got all this beautiful stuff. He's got these pools. He's got this big mansion that he lives in. He's got all this money. He's got all the gold and silver and stuff. I mean, he, I think he's drinking out of gold cups, and, and, um, and he gives away uh, gold coins. They're just kind of like uh, our pennies are today. Gold was just everywhere. So he just, he, you know, he's got more money than he needs to. But then it, as he gets older, he realizes, what? wait a minute, what's going to happen? I'm going to die. <laughs> His wisdom kicks in and he realizes, man, I'm going to die. That's why it's all futile. There's this fixation of spirit. I've done all this and I'm, I'm going to die. He says, as, as it happens to the fool, so it happens unto them and to the wise. And he said, in my heart, it's also vanity. There's no remembrance of the wise more than the fool forever, seeing that which now is in the days to come shall be for, forgotten. And how dies the wise? The same as the fool. The wise and the fool die the same. They'll fit, you know, in a particular casket and be talking about them the same. He said, after all of this, after I've done all of this, he said, then I hated life. The wisdom that he had finally kicked in and he realized, now I, I was going to have all this joy and I was going to do these bucket lists and I was going to do all this stuff and I was going to build all this and I was going to be so great and it was going to be so much fun and I was going to search out and I was going to be the greatest wisdom man. And what does it do? Then he says, <coughs> Therefore, I hated life because the work that is wrought 
under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Remember, the word vanity still means futility. Futility and vexation of spirit. I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun because I, I should have, <clears throat> should leave it unto the man that should be after me. And who knows whether he shall be wise or a fool. <coughs> well, we know what happened into Solomon's kingdom. God split the kingdom after Solomon. So, and <laughs> they were, for, for the most part, both of them were fools and did things that were against God. But he was, he was, in his own wisdom, he was wrangling through this, trying to understand this, trying to understand life. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. Yet shall he have rule over all my labor when I have labored and wherein I have showed myself wise unto the sun. This is also vanity. Verse 20, therefore I went about to cause my heart to despise or despair of all the labor which I took under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity. Yet to a man that, does not, that, that has not labored therein, shall he leave it for his portion? This is also vanity and a great evil. For what has man of all his labor and the vexation of his art wherein he has labored under the sun? For all the days are sorrows and his travail, grief, yea, his heart takes no rest in the night. This is also vanity. Uh, it's kind of, that's the reason why it's hard to read the book of Ecclesiastes because it's kind of, it kind of gets into your nerves a little bit because it, it's very true, and if we, we, if we really focused on it, we'd be upset about it. But in reality, he was just, he was just trying to help us to understand. Thanks, Ken. Uh, with this cold, I have a tendency to get a little bit uh, foggy and froggy and all kinds of stuff. But his, his wisdom always being there, always looking, always trying to understand, always trying to, to comprehend... And he just he just saw it as as a vanity because he knew where he was going when the finally the the days were over. He knew what this final resting place was going to be. It was going to be in the ground. And whoever would come after him, he didn't know what they were going to do, and what they were going to do. And, and we know we can see history. We can see what happened to to Israel and to uh, and to Judah, especially when they split and how things happened down through the, the ages. And we have some wisdom because we have historical perspective. And yet, in reality, we have uh, Solomon's own words, don't we? About life itself. And we know that without the hope of the kingdom of God and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and all of those things, we would have the same understanding that we would just go to the grave and that would be it. I mean, atheist. What does an atheist believe? <laughs> what do they believe about death? You, that would be the most depressing thing to be an atheist. Oh, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in anything. I don't believe there is anything worth living for. But 
I'll fill in my space while I'm here. That's essentially what they're saying. I'll just fill in the, the time that I have and do something, maybe. Or I'll just sit and do nothing. I, I don't understand being an atheist. God has created us to worship, to look to him. There is nothing better, it says, and as I finish chapter 2, and I, I'll be quitting here, and I apologize, because I do need to quit. <laughs> and said, and there's nothing better than a man that he should eat and drink, and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This is also, I saw, that it was, <clears throat> that it was the, from the hand of God. And Solomon did understand that God had put us on this earth and given us a beautiful place to live. Given us the ability to um, have good things to live with and to, and, and to enjoy. And so, even though he was depressed <laughs> after doing all this, he did realize that there was something good about, about life. For who can eat or who can else can hasten here that, uh, hereunto more than I? For God gives to man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he gives travail to gather and to heap up. That he may give, him, uh, give to him that is good before God. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. So we see in conclusion, and I'll take one more quick sip here. We see in conclusion that Solomon in these, just these two Chapters really has a, a very wonderful broad look at life. In, in some ways, it's, it's difficult to read because we understand and we come to become wise because of Solomon, and we see that and we understand that. But we have more than just Solomon's Ecclesiastes, don't we? We have the whole Bible. We have a, a wealth of, of truth that gives us hope, and gives us a future. It gives us an understanding of that future through our Savior Jesus Christ and through God the Father. And, and hope, hopefully, we will believe the words and we will have that hope and we will be looking forward to the kingdom. But we'll also understand the reality of life and, and, and in what uh, Solomon has, has written here. Maybe next time I'll pick it up in, in chapter 3. I don't know yet. We'll see. <laughs>